2: Okay, this is Brandon from the Future, cutting in to this episode to say yes, indeed, the Writing Excuses anthology is available. It's called Shadows Beneath. We have it in a gorgeous hardcover as well as in e- ebook forms in all of your favorite ebook platforms. And if you buy the hardcover, we send you the ebook for free. So if you haven't read the story we're doing this week, you'll want to stop right now, pick up a copy of the anthology, Read through that story so that then you can follow along with this critique session and see what professional writers have to say about a story going from first draft to last draft.
3: This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 9, episode 30.
2: This is Writing Excuses, workshopping Mary's story. 15 minutes long. Because
4: you're
3: in a hurry.
2: And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan.
3: I'm Mary. I'm, I'm nervous. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, that's okay, Mary. You're allowed to be nervous. So, Mary's story is called A Fire in the Heavens, which may be a working title, may not be. Um, like, Six of the Dust might change from mine last week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But it's called A Fire in the Heavens right now, and we have in the liner notes how you can get a hold of it. We are, if you... Have not been paying attention the last couple of weeks. We're going to workshop stories that we brainstormed last year. And so we've given the podcasters a year to write their stories. Now we are going to um, get around to workshopping them. Then we'll do a revision. And so when you, um, we'll tell you how you can find Mary's story. Um, We're hoping to do a collection of all these together, but it may not be feasible. So we may just have Mary's story linked on her website. Um, But either way, the liner notes will tell you, you may want to pause this right now and go read the first draft of her story so that this all makes sense to you. Having done this with mine the last few weeks and listening, I feel like if you haven't read the story, it's going to mean a lot less to you. And if you have read the story, it'll it'll mean a lot more. Come back, listen to the podcast, and then read the final story um, so that you can see the changes that Mary made. Yeah,
5: no, seriously, guys, homework.
2: Yep. So now push pause. Okay, cool. We're back. <laughs> all right. Thank you for reading. Mary, you are, get to steer this as you do your writing group. Um, right. So tell so, us the process. So,
3: one of the things that we thought we would also do, since you all ask about writing groups and how to do these, is that we would show two different ways of critiquing. So, Brandon showed one way, and the, this is um, sometimes called the Milford method that we're about mm-hmm. to do, which is that um, people go in and uh, take turns going around and uh, usually you set a timer and mm-hmm. so that people have you know X amount of time to talk uh, the person who wrote the story is not allowed to talk until the end and then we can ask questions um, so how long do you usually set the timer usually we set it for two minutes all right um, so and the idea is that you list the your um, the takeaway things that you you really want the the author to think about um, mm-hmm. you know things that they've done wrong uh, are are usually things that confused you, things that you didn't did not believe uh things that you didn't care about, and then also things that you thought were cool, so the author does not accidentally fix them
2: <laughs> all right i'll go first go word you want me to use
5: uh, an actual
3: timer
2: He's uh, we got sure. one.
5: well, I kind of have one i'll sort of look at this i'll watch it okay, awesome. Um, go ahead and make a big ah noise okay. when I need to be done. Uh, first of all, I really liked the story. Uh, had a lot more polish on it than I expected based on the words "raw, raw, raw" when you <laughs> uh, uh, when you emailed it to me. The uh, the things that I loved the reveal of the uh, uh, the moon coming up over the horizon. Um, I liked the the culture clash. I liked the treatment of languages. I did have a little bit of difficulty believing that the languages wouldn't have drifted further, but since you didn't give us a time frame, I can hand wave that. You know, I'm, I, I'm okay with that. Um, the, uh, uh, the the places where I, I had the, the most trouble were the blocking of the, the action scenes. Um, and uh, there was another thing that I've forgotten. I was trying to go in a hurry, and I'm only a minute in, so I've got a little more time. Um, uh, but I ran out of things to say, so Dan, go. Okay.
4: Okay. Um, I also like this story, but I had more problems with it than Howard did, apparently. Um, one of the things that, uh, that you knew, that I remember we discussed in the, in the or- original brainstorm that I don't think you solved was the conflict between the idea that these two cultures have no idea that the other one exists like neither side can even fathom anything on the other side of the world and yet they're so recently related, and yet they have any relationship at all. That felt very weird to me, especially the constant references like between the captain and the and the main character going back and forth between, well, you know, these are your people, or you come from here, so maybe you are more aligned with them than with us. Things like that seemed to push them very close together, and then on the other hand, everyone had these very cool, yet very hard-to-believe attitudes about, how they, they, they refuse to even acknowledge that someone could be from across the sea. Uh, and I don't feel like that paradox was solved in this draft. Um, the other thing is the, I loved the whole middle section and, and Howard mentioned the languages that really was for me, the strongest part of the entire story as they are trying to learn to communicate and as you are seeing that their customs are different and that their religions are different and that their languages are different and the constant harping on the oxtail because that's exactly the kind of idiom that arises in a language that um, doesn't make any sense uh, to someone from outside that language. That took over the story for me and pulled all the focus away from the moon. The moon seemed like it was your excuse to write a story, and then you got really excited about the culture clash. And the the moon wasn't as important as I felt it would be. It doesn't need to be. Just because that's the idea that that started the story doesn't mean it needs to, to rule over it. But it if you want that to be a focus, it totally took the back seat.
5: For Dan, it didn't for me. I thought it was awesome, especially the cave quote unquote that was great well the cave was that. cool but the cave
2: was, I, I had that, that whole site. concept was awesome that she's like yeah oh, i'll just
5: sit down in the dark
4: okay <laughs> this this is fine i just had trouble believing that their yeah. problems
2: could be solved by the fact that they don't think it's very dark all right howard i need to see that stopwatch so why don't we do my two minutes then we'll do our break for the book of the week um I really did like the idea that just something so terrifying to them the darkness could be nothing for her. Um it was really fun for me to read. Um I liked how clever she was in getting out of it. Um and the 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 move into proactiveness. I liked when she got back to the the sailors and they're like no, we weren't going to escape without you. But then they really weren't going to. But that whole fear and panic on her part was was really strong for me. I also really enjoyed the image of the moon. I was prepared for it, but it was just described really well. And it felt beautiful to me. Um, my biggest problem with the story comes in that it felt like it it was you were cramming so much into this that you had to jump from idea to idea to idea to idea. And I'm left at the end of the story saying but what was this about? What was I supposed to feel? Is this an action adventure story with we're escaping from the enemy? Is this a culture class story where we come to understand them better? Is this about a a dawning of awareness that my religion, you know, is not unique or that you know. I didn't understand at all what this story was about and that that really bothered me through the whole story. in the, the, the time jumps between um, section breaks, and there were so many section breaks, it felt like you were trying to cram a 30,000-word story into 8,000 words. Um, and that's not because this needs to be that longer. It's just that you. it felt like you're like, well, we'll do this idea and this idea and this idea. I wanted to know, you know, coming out here, was this spiritually meaningful for her that didn't seem to have that much to do with it i wanted to know you know when they they find out that there are people there i wanted them to stop and be like whoa okay what do we do do how do they they have three eyes are they monsters like what's going to be the reaction um and i guess that's moving into something else i had a little bit of trouble with how they acted like if you were going to sail into a new country on your own continent without any context you would be Frightened about the laws, you would want to know what the tariffs were. You would want to know all these things. But they didn't even think about that. They just sailed up and said, "Hi, we're from the New World. Um, you guys don't have three eyes. That's cool." Oh wait, you're shooting us. Um, and that really bothered me at that point. That they didn't, they didn't have any plan. They didn't have any idea what they were doing. I'm out of my time though, so I will stop.
6: Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator
2: Uh, let's go ahead and do our book of the week. Mary, you actually have our book of the week for us.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, so this is an audio anthology uh, that was put out by Audible.com in partnership with Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. Um, it's called Rip Off, and the idea is that every story begins with the classic first with a the first line of a classic sh- uh, novel.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, that so, kind of rip off.
3: Yeah, um, and then tells a completely different story. So. I have a story in that called Lady Astronaut of Mars, which starts with the first line of The Wizard of Oz and then um, then does kind of a um, punch card punk take mm-hmm. on life on Mars that's an homage to Bradbury. Um, it's uh, one of the narrators for this is Will Wheaton, so... And another one is? I I'm, do not narrate this. Oh, you don't narrate no, this one. No, You're no. just in it. I'm okay, just, I just have a story in this. Uh, but it has, you know, authors like John Scalzi and it's kind of a... Nice selection of very different short stories, all jumping off from the same idea. Excellent. Let's take this first line and run with it.
5: Audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Start a free trial membership and pick up a copy of... Okay, give me the name of the anthology. Rip Off. Rip Off. I should have been able to remember that. Uh, Rip Off by multiple authors and have somebody else read you the first lines of books that you may or may not have read followed by stories that are completely different
2: all right mary so i assume this is the part where the writing group turns back to you and you start asking us questions
3: yes um so first of all thank you this was very helpful um uh yes i also felt like i had too many ideas crammed into this um and the 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 one of the things we talked about when we were brainstorming was that this was a story where I had this idea of someone coming over the edge of the world and seeing the moon for the first time, and that was really all I had. um so I don't actually need to focus on the moon; I just wanted a story in which I could have that uh-huh. moment happen mm-hmm. um, so uh thank you for the note about uh asking for more details. I originally had a scene in which um they bargained with the uh with the trader. That they first met mm-hmm. and got a map and um, and got you know kind of had a little bit of I- an idea, but basically that they looked at the landmass on the map and were like, "Holy crap, mm. this is not what we were expecting." Dan, um, you said that you had trouble believing that um, that that these two cultures would have no idea that the other one existed. And then, you know, we're less freaked out, No, but that, uh, but everyone kept saying, but you came from here. My intention was that there were legends that referred to where she came from. If I punched that up a little bit more and made it a more concrete thing that her people absolutely believed that there was an island on the other side of the world and that they were scoffed at by the rest of the, if I punched that up, would that solve that for you?
4: Well, the fact that those legends existed came across strongly, uh, particularly through the religion of the sisters. Okay. Because I knew that that's where they came from, and, you know, that that religious connection was there.
3: I may not have understood what the problem was that you were citing.
4: Well, I, I suppose part of the problem was, and maybe this was just her insecurity and I misread it, but uh, her assumption that, uh, and, and this came up, couple of different times, that the crew of the ship wouldn't trust her because she came from here. And I think the captain even said something about, uh, you know, you about how she, you know, why are you so weirded out? This is where you come from, or something like that, which just seemed to be at odds with the idea that nobody else believed it was even possible. Um, Oh, I see. Yeah, I hope you see. I, I don't know if I'm expressing this correct yeah
3: that 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 they need to yeah I, I,
4: I suppose part of the idea is that once they finally get there, it is so alien and it is so hostile that those suggestions that just because she believes you know that this place exists it's like if I believe in Atlantis and then we get there and it's full of jerks who hate us and throw us in jail, no one is going to assume. That I will side with them over any issue just you know, because I believe but, in it. But the
2: thing is, I don't think I think you're overemphasizing that because I'm not. I got that she was worried; they thought that. But then he's like, "No, we didn't. We wouldn't leave you behind. You're not one of them." Sort of thing.
4: Well, yeah, and and that was just a part of the issue, though. The, mm-hmm. the language was another one, um, mm-hmm. and maybe 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 that secretly you know, is what my issue was is about.
5: I hit a a speed bump, and I don't know if this will address uh, either of these. I hit a speed bump early on, which was. I'm not sure exactly whether this is the story that we brainstormed, because we had these concepts in the brainstorming, and then I said, you know what, I need to forget about what we were brainstorming, because what she's writing, I just need to pay attention to what's on the page. Mm. And once I cleared that in Mm. my head, I was able to enjoy what's on the page. And that that was, I had the same problem when Mm. I was reading Brandon's, is that... Uh, you brainstorm
2: so it becomes you something, something and you uh, you brainstorm something and yeah I out. was yeah. I
5: have already told myself the story that you wrote well the story that you were going to write and then you wrote a different story and I need to argue with you about argue with you I don't need to do that I need to address the story you wrote not the one I told myself after we brainstormed and that's hard to do mm-hmm. when the critique group has been through both phases.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is, uh, listeners, I will say that this is one reason that I uh, often suggest and other people will suggest that you mm-hmm. not run a story through the same group twice. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. Because they, they are pre-prejudiced, you know, mm-hmm. they, they come with a set of baggage to it. So, so I do recognize that some of that is going on. Um, Can I mention one other thing about the yeah, story absolutely. that I had notes
2: on that I just yes, noticed yes, yes. scanning back through? Um, this might get with my uh, other point, but I also was what the context of their trip bothered me a little bit. And I think what it is is she hired them to come out here. But, no, it was her whole order that hired. But there's only one of her on there. And Uh, that bothers me that, you know, if you're going to rent out a ship, you don't send one person. You send her and her guards or her and a whole bunch of them. And Mm. part of me thought, you know, shouldn't the sailors have more in this? Like, it would be wonderful. This is getting prescriptive, but if they yeah, had more skin in the game, um, if, you know, it's just they've been hired. Part of the problem is, is once they see a fully populated empire, that's, that, I don't think any ship captain is going to say, okay, let's go sail there. He's going to yeah. be like, I was, my job was to bring you this far. We have a, an empire. I don't know anything about them, but every seafaring empire out there, will take your ship away from you if they can get away from with it, right? Yeah. Because they, the reason they don't is because of hostile nations and things like this. Um, and I think sailing into an unfamiliar port with no treaties is something that very few ship captains would ever do just because they're hired. And so uh, that context was bothering me, I think, and that has to do with my other thing. And so if there were more of a reason that, she, you know, he's going to try this thing and she gets on board and she's, she's like, well, take me. Because, or, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to fix your story and I shouldn't do that, but that thing bothered me a yeah, lot.
3: Yeah, no, I see, I see what you're talking about there. I have to think about how to fix that because... Uh, yeah, that introduces... Well, uh, I mean... Mm.
4: I, I was making the assumption, and this was admittedly not in your story, that the place where they came from had multiple nations. Yes. And so it was it was normal for him... To arrive in a strange seaport. And that the anomaly here. Is that they were this kind of. Fascist religious group. That was extremely suspicious of outsiders. And therefore. He had a you know. A good reason to show up. But and, and they took him by surprise. Yeah.
2: Okay. You know and I, c- I could buy that. Yeah. And maybe that I just didn't add that to the story. Yeah, it's, myself.
3: Yeah it, it's, it is. It is there. Or it was there, um, but not very, not very mm-hmm. heavily. And I can make that. Like if this captain's I like, I
2: can get myself into any important trade. I've sailed the most exotic places on our side of the island. I've never had any trouble. Yeah. You know, maybe we get chased off, but you know, I always get away with the goods if he's that type. Um, but I don't know. This doesn't seem very safe to me. And maybe I'm just. Maybe you should actually talk if, or if get you, a primary if, if sources. If you that, but... if you actually make that a flaw in mm-hmm. the captain.
5: Um
3: if I make him Han Solo?
5: It, yeah, if you turn him into, you know, a little bit of a Han Solo type, uh, you know, I'll I'll totally buy it. Um, because I was almost I was almost all the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh I was I was enjoying the story. I was having a good time.
3: What if um what if part of what's at stake and, and I'm you mm-hmm. know just spitballing. Mm, yep. Um I was not gonna use as polite a term. Um, what if what if the, uh, the deal is that he gets the rest of his money after they come back? And the only way he's going to get the rest of his money is if he actually finishes.
2: That could be it. But once again, like I need to know his personality. Yeah. And why he's like, again, why there's only one of her. But yeah. also it just seems so dangerous. And, you know, with the, when normally stories like this, which I'm glad you didn't go this way. Because it's overdone. But normally stories like this go with the whole Columbus thing. There are riches to be had. Yeah. If you go, you get to plunder the place and come back with them. And sailors seem a superstitious lot, my expectation. The idea of now go, go sail to this foreign port where you don't speak the language and then sail back. Like, I don't know. That, that seems so dangerous to me that a lot of captains, I feel like, would be like, no, um, no. No, we're turning around this is they've got a navy i but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just totally wrong and this is just something i'm adding to the story it's only one person's and the other people didn't seem to have this so
3: yeah i have to think about mm-hmm. I, I also have to look at some historical things i You're think right. that this is an issue that is not an issue okay yeah but but it but just only, felt so but random. only yeah. but only i think i mean i shouldn't say only but i think that that bumping up the fact that there yeah. were there are multiple countries, so right. that he's, you know...
2: I guess I'm getting at the core idea of I felt it was so dumb the way they acted when they sailed up. And maybe it wasn't, but I just felt like they were asking to get um, shot and things huh. like that. That's, that was my response. All I'm like, right. well, what do you expect? Um, and, you know, unfamiliar port, you don't speak the language. And, you know, you're not obeying. You can't obey what they have. This seems like a really dangerous place to be. But maybe I've read so many stories that I know that that's a dangerous <laughs> place to be in a story yeah. because that's what happens. And maybe it's, it's, you know, I mean, it happened all the time in our the world, I guess. totally went into in. the basement
3: all yeah.
6: by himself in yeah. the dark. Well, yeah,
3: I guess I'm thinking about, I have to go, I, I will go and look at uh, yeah. other first contact mm-hmm. Uh, historical first contact right, context. yeah, first
2: contact between west and east might be yeah. a good one because both was... advanced cultures and yeah, yeah,
3: all right, cool, thanks, guys.
2: All right, I'm going to give you a writing prompt. Your writing prompt is write a story where a brainstorm comes alive. I don't know what that means. you'll have to decide it. A brainstorming okay. session happens in the story, and it comes to life. This has been right excuses. you have excuses now go write
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.